Hey there, Koejo here, and I understand that running your own Facebook ads can be quite complicated and intimidating, and yet, at this point, you're not ready to hire out Facebook ad management. So, if this is you, I can teach you how to run your own Facebook ads. One-on-one, -on -one, unlimited support over the next 28 days. We will have three Zoom calls, and in between those calls, you get all the support and all my strategies I will audit your graphics, your ad copy, make sure that you're set up the way that's working best for my clients. We'll take care of all the analytics. I will coach you step-by-step step how to troubleshoot ads, how to know when to scale, and how to read all the signs so that you're equipped to run successful lead magnet campaigns and profitable sales campaigns and registration campaigns for your launch or what have you. If you need this kind of support from me right now, then click the link in the show notes below. It's the art of online business forward slash call. I've been doing this all along, but now the offer is just focused on helping you run your successful ad campaign within the next 28 days and the next five people get a pretty nice discount. All right, the link is in the show notes below. Back to the episode. So it takes a lot to get me nervous, but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous about publishing this episode here today. My friend Tiffany Lee Bymaster, otherwise known as Coach Glitter, is flipping the script on me today by interviewing me on today's episode. And we go really deep with a lot of stuff in this one. Tiffany is a really good friend of mine. She's somebody that I reach out to on a regular basis when I'm looking for inspiration for improving my social media, among other things, especially when it comes to like, what should I be sharing on social media? So after giving me advice, she said that I want your audience to know more of you, more of the real Rick, the Rick that I know, because I've known Tiffany for, for several years now. And she says, I don't think that you share enough of that side of you, the side that I know. I want to come on your podcast to interview you and get real by diving into stuff that you rarely talk about. Now, you may remember, uh, if, you listen, if you've been listening to the show for a while here, that Amy Porterfield, my good friend Amy, was on the podcast here to interview me and give you some background on my life back on episode 200. I mean, that was over 100 episodes ago. I can't believe that. And so uh, if you are a regular listener of the show here, you know that my life has changed so much since episode 200 was recorded. Uh, I became a dad to my little love of my life, Maya. My business has evolved and I've made and am making a lot of changes to my business, as well as a lot of other things that have happened. So I figured that now <laughs> is a good time to share this episode with you where we flip the script and Tiffany interviews me on personal stuff, on business stuff, and a whole lot more here today. So without further ado, let's dive into it. What do you get when you combine simplified digital marketing, proven ROI strategies, and Metallica blasting from his headphones? You get Rick Moore ready, of course. So strap in, grab your bulletproof coffee, and get ready, because this is the art of paid traffic. Here's Rick. All right. What's up, my friends? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming to hang out with me today. Really appreciate it. Whatever you're up to right now, hope all is going well. I'm your host, Rick Mulready, and I'm here to help online experts grow and scale your business so that you can reach and help more people so that you can amplify your impact. And when you do all that, 
not only do you get to increase your revenue, right? Yes. But you and your audience get to have better lives in the process. So I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous about this one here. This is a vulnerable conversation that you're about to hear. And I had, just as I mentioned at the top of the show, I gave you some background. My friend Tiffany Lee Bymaster is interviewing me today because she's like, you don't share enough about the real Rick. I think I've done a better job of it, but she's like, I want more people to see more of the side of you that I know. So that's why she's like, I want to interview on the show. And we've been trying to, you know, we've been arranging this for a long time now. And so I had no idea what Tiffany was going to ask me today. And I also told her that nothing was off limits. And I wanted to share this conversation with you because it gives you some more insight into not only me, but also what the journey has been and is currently like growing an online business while also having a lot of other responsibilities in life, as I know all of you do, right? So you're going to hear me talk about things like fatherhood, new fatherhood, the evolution of my business, like going back to where it started and you know what's happened now with the evolution of the business, the big realizations that I've made about business and success since becoming an entrepreneur in 2012. And Tiffany also polled some of my students and she asked me a series of questions that she got from them. We also get into why being a father has been way more challenging than I ever thought it would be. And the big lessons that I've taken from it and I continue to take from it, we get into how I really feel about showing up on social media, what the evolution of my business has looked like, including the initial struggles that I faced and what turned it around for me. Um, I also talk about the way that I discovered that growing a big team for my business does not equal more success. And it's actually, I feel very differently about that than I once did. I, I want something very different now in the business than I once wanted. And so we talk about that. She also asked me a lightning round of questions where I just share random stuff, like my favorite food, my favorite business book, which I was not prepared for, why I'm a total movie snob when I go to the movies. Um, just some weird facts about me that she wanted to ask and, and a whole lot more. We actually didn't even think that we scratched the surface here today of what we could dive into. And uh, we end the episode on a serious note, I will say that, where um, I talk about the legacy that I want to leave my daughter, Maya, and I share the message that I'll want her to hear when she grows up. So I can't uh, put this off any longer. Without further ado, let's dive into it with Tiffany Lee Bymaster interviewing me. Tiffany, welcome to my podcast. How are you doing? For the next hour or so, it's going to be my podcast. I know, and I know <laughs> that is freaking you out. It is. That's why I was like, wait, do, do you intro me? Do I intro you? It's my show, but you're taking this over for this episode. That is so right. That is my intro for you. And guys, I, I just want to say, I would be lying if I'm not nervous about this. And it takes me a lot to get nervous about this kind of thing, but I'm an open book. And okay. so, yeah, I love that. So we are flipping the script. We are turning yep. the tables around. I'm taking over your mic yep. and I'm super excited because I don't even know how we stumbled upon this conversation, but it probably started something like, Hey, Rick James, Porterfield <laughs> <laughs> <Super laughs> for that. Let's revive that. A lot of people don't know that that's my middle name. What? I love that episode. Yeah. That's part of the reason why I wanted to do a follow-up because your life has changed so much. 
Yeah. Their 200th episode. I go into, there's a, my favorite coffee shop here in San Diego. It's called James Coffee. Mm-hmm. And they have a few different locations. And there's one guy, I know, I go in there so much. I know, I know all the baristas that work there. But one guy in particular, like amazing guy, the nicest guy ever. The first time I paid with a card, he like looked at the card. He was like... <laughs> Is your name Rick James? <laughs> and I was like, yes. And he like forever, every time I see him, he's like, Rick James, what's up, dude? That's, I uh, love it. Um, do they write your name on the coffee cup like Starbucks? No. Oh, they just, but they, they might start it. because of you. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I don't think anybody else there knows that it's Rick James, but he definitely does. Okay, well, now everyone knows if they haven't caught up on that episode with that Amy Porterfield interviewed you yeah. on on your 200th anniversary episode. So I just wanted to revive, you know, bring that back, and you're yeah. welcome, Rick James. <laughs> well, wait, I don't want to answer that, though, because yes. I'm not really sure how this got started, and I yeah. think it got started several months ago because I all, I'm always texting you and I'm like, Hey, what, how do you think are like, oh, yeah. what can I be doing to improve my social media? Mm-hmm. Especially my stories and stuff. Cause like, I just have a challenge with that I, yeah. because I'm like, no one cares about whatever. And you're, and you, so not true. Stuff. And then finally you were like, you know what? I want to take a, I want to interview you for your show. Yeah. I want to flip the script. And I was like, cool, let's do it. And now we're finally doing it. Okay. So I think I told you this one. So uh, Rick and I know each other because, well, I knew of him. He was like this big old online marketing superstar, right? And here I come, I'm brand new baby to the space. And I started building my online business and we were in the same mastermind group for a few years. And out of everyone that was there, Rick intimidated the heck out of me. It was yeah, nothing that he did. no and he doesn't realize this and once you get to know him you're like oh nicest human being ever but i was so intimidated by him in a room full of people that are very intimidating when you don't know them and you're the newbie in the group and for some reason for like two years in a row at every single retreat i somehow ended up sitting next to you yeah he did yeah, I remember. Yeah, that. you probably thought I was like the weirdo stalker, and it truly was just a coincidence. Although I don't believe in coincidences, and in the two years that we got to hang out, and I sat next to you nearly every single time, <laughs> no matter. Like I even tried not to because I was like, he's gonna think I'm like a total stalker. We got to become really good friends. Yeah, and I was like, oh, he's not that intimidating guy. He. I don't know why I thought that. And so I just knew that you were like this amazingly successful, like the go-to coach when it comes to everything paid advertising. Mm -hmm. Well, then two years later, I come to find out there's so much more to you. And now that there's no more intimidation factor, I get to be the friend that calls you out. And I was like, dude, you do. I don't see on your, and I have to do with the attitude. I know you guys can't see this, but it's like total attitude. I don't see who you really are. Like I know you on your social media. So that's why we're doing this. That's one of the things too, is like, so I would do something or I would say something and you were like that, I want more of that. Oh yeah. I would come up out of nowhere going more of that, more of that. And I'm just like, wait, well, what was that? I don't even know what it was. Yeah. And it's usually the things that you're just sharing that you assume nobody cares about. Yeah. Here's the thing. We know that you are brilliant at what you do. Like you have done what all of us need to do, which is be known for the one thing, establish yourself as the authority, as the expert. And we're going to get into this because I really do see you evolving, not away from it, but in addition to, mm-hmm. and I yeah. think you're, especially your audience here. I mean, you have one of the most popular business podcasts, but I don't think they fully know and they're being robbed 
of the genius that you are. So that's why we're here. We're going to get into it. It's okay to be nervous because it's great to get out of your comfort zone. Yeah, it is. I I can't wait to get the, you know, hear the feedback from your audience. So let's dive in. I say I'm nervous just because I'm like, it is the comfort zone part. It's like, I don't, yeah, I have no idea what you're going to ask me. And like I I told you before, I'm I'm an open book. So like really nothing's off limits. I just, there are things that when I'm uncomfortable sharing about, Mm -hmm. those are often the best, you know, most responses that I get from people. A thousand percent. Yeah. One thing I've learned is that, you know, it's tough for me to talk about things like where if I struggle with something or anxiety or whatever, and then people are like, Oh my God, thank you for talking about it because I, I can relate to that. So I want to do, I want to do more of this, which is exactly why you're here. Love it. So let's just dive in. I want to start off with the number one question that I got from so many of the people in your audience and your coaching group when I asked, and they want to know how has being a new dad changed Mm. who you are as well as what's happening in your business as a result? Yeah, it's a great question. So Maya, at the time recording this, she is now seven, almost eight months. We are nine days short of her being eight months. And so the first eight months is like, holy cow, it's like a blink of an eye. I had, so being a dad is the greatest thing ever. It's also the hardest and the whole cliche of like, you know, it's the hardest yet most reward. It is totally true for me personally. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been the most amazing thing. She is the everything to me. She just like, I got emotional talking about her. She's awesome. Running a business while learning how to be a dad has been way harder for me than I ever thought possible. In what way? Well, I mean, it has added, it's added extra pressure for Mm -hmm. I've, I shouldn't say that I've given myself extra pressure. I've put extra pressure on myself to, perform, if you will, in the business, like to make sure it's continuing to be successful, all this other stuff, because now I have a little baby to support in addition to my family, you know, that a new addition to the family. So I've added that pressure to myself and I'm coping with that. But the other thing too, is that more of the type of thing that you would normally think of like, you know, lack of sleep and scheduling and all that stuff. Yeah. I will say about this is that, so when my wife was pregnant, Amy is my wife. I always clarify Amy, my wife, and then Amy Porterfield. <laughs> You're like two people, different people. <laughs> yes, people. People always get confused. So my wife, Amy, um, when she was pregnant, I reached out to buddies of mine who had kids and were running their own businesses to get their advice, right? And a lot of them said the exact same thing. Dude, you'll never be more productive once the baby comes because you have limited time now in the business. And for me personally, that has not been the case because frankly, this is something that I do struggle with. I give myself too much time to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's funny because I teach this stuff. I know this stuff. I know when I do it, it works, but I still struggle with it where I give myself too much time. And so there are, yeah. I mean, it's like, I still kind of do have my day set up the way that it is. And it's not like, I'm not taking like, Oh, a three hour window here or a two hour window here when she's napping or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we do have some help with her and then Amy's watching her other days. And so we have that arrangement. So I'm figuring it out. It has been absolutely way harder than I, than I ever thought it would be. Yeah. it's, it's all working out, you know, and I'm figuring out as I go along here. 
Absolutely. And there's so many parallels to that to business because a lot of us, until you're in the thick of it, you just don't know. And you can do all the great planning, but aren't we all kind of making it up as we go along? Totally. And it's something that we don't talk about enough. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, the business, there's been challenges with it. And that, yeah. you know, and especially this year where my integrator, Skylar, she had a baby three months after. I had a baby. Wow. What is so in the water baby. over there? And so that was a, you know, that was like the perfect storm of <laughs> challenge going on. <laughs> Cause I took, you know, pretty much once Thanksgiving hit. So my wife was due December 1st. Maya was born on the 15th. So she was born two weeks late. So pretty much once Thanksgiving hit 2018, I stopped working. I didn't work until the end of uh, the very end of uh, January. So I wow. took two, two months off and then I came back and then my integrator pretty much shortly thereafter went on return to leave after that. So it was, it's been a very interesting year from, from that perspective. But I got to help you take some credit where credit is due because that's incredible regardless if you have a brand new baby or not that any entrepreneur in this marketing online space to be able to take two months off and your business is still running yeah. Maybe not as perfectly as you want it, but it was running. And December was ironically the best month we had all, uh, last, all last year. Get out of here. And I didn't work a day in December. And I don't, I'm not saying that to like brag or anything like that was just, that's what happened was we had done a good job of planning ahead Yes. and December turned out to be <laughs> the best month of 2018. Yeah. I really hope you go back and kind of reverse engineer what you did and all the things that went right for you to be able to do that. And I think that's so inspiring to all of the uh, parentpreneurs out there mm -hmm. because you are juggling a lot. The thing that I find so interesting, even with my students in my programs and my coaching groups is that most of them are moms. I'm not a mom. It was just not in God's plan for me. I feel like I raised my sisters, but I don't have children of my own, mm -hmm. but probably 90% of my students are parents of some very young, some who are grown and they're doing like phase two of their life, the reinvention tour. Now they're going to finally do the thing because it's all about them. And then I have really young parents who are currently pregnant or about to have children and and the ones that have the most kids, the ones that on the outside, it looks like they have all the things stacked against them because they have so many life things to deal with. They tend to be the ones that are the most organized and people like me, where it seems like we have the most luxury of time, we tend mm -hmm. to waste it. So I think you'd be yeah. really surprised to see that you probably have gotten more organized and prioritizing. Yeah, it's an interesting perspective. And you have to be organized in order to, you know, in order to do this. Like, yeah. I mean, just like, just if you had a, a regular quote unquote nine to five job with a kid or kids, mm -hmm. like you got to be organized with, you know, running your own business and then having a kid and, and a family. And obviously like it's this, you've got to be organized because not only do you with the baby, like, you know, just as an example, I'm very, I like to be, is, I, I say this because I, it's, it's kind of like the opposite of what we were just talking about. But in the mornings, for example, I like to be very structured. I'm mm -hmm. an early morning person. I like to get up and do my routine. And, you know, I used to be a lot more regimented as far as like, okay, coffee time, reading, journaling, meditation. 
it's, I'm not like that. And then it kind of evolved. So it was just more like, I'm happy if I get to sit down for coffee or have coffee and read for 20 minutes, like, cool. I'm starting, you know, I always shower first and everything, but when, when my came out the window, you know, and I've learned, <laughs> especially recently, and this has happened actually just in the past week where if I don't have, she's going through different leaps and development and all that stuff. Yeah. So she's, her schedule's kind of, kind of whacked out, but I find that if I don't have, if I jump right into the day, meaning I'm up and I have my first thing. So like I am, Amy sleeps in a little bit and cause I'm the morning person. If I have to wake up and then jump right into, you know, you know, taking care of her and stuff like that, and then go right into work stuff, my day gets thrown off if I don't have that. And so I don't really know why I'm telling you this. I don't know why I'm where this came from. But basically like, you know, an adjustment that I've made is like, yeah. What I'm trying to make right now is like, okay, I'll just get up earlier. Well, right now I can't, <laughs> I can't get up early enough so that, because I'm finding that when I get up earlier, she's still waking up as well. And so it's another thing where I'm like figuring out, like it's a process here and yeah. I have no doubt that I will figure this out, but that's what I'm going through right now. Yeah. And as she goes through all of her growing yeah. up milestones, maybe the lesson in this Rick James is that it's making you more flexible it totally is. Yeah. And it has to, right? Like the, you, like you gotta be okay with, if this is the lifestyle that I want to have, meaning I want to be able to run my own business uh-huh. while being, you know, as good a dad as I can and the good husband and taking care of myself. Yeah. Like you've got to be flexible and willing to juggle. Absolutely. But what a blessing it is that you do run your own business. Yeah, for sure. That you control your own schedule and you don't have, to, you know, you didn't have to like put in a request for parental leave is, I don't even know what that situation is in the U S anymore with dads, but mm-hmm. you know, like you did have that flexibility. So you did Absolutely. create that life, which is, yeah. Huge. And I, I don't take that lightly. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. So many dads out there would be, would kill to be in that position. Totally. So. Totally. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit. You mentioned about the pressures or maybe I made up that word, but like how you <laughs> show up on social media. Yes. Because that is a way that we show up for our audience so they can see who we are, what we do. And it's not just about what we offer and what we sell. And that's a huge mistake that people do, especially when they're first starting out. But what are your current feelings? No Mm -hmm. wrong or right answer to this. Like, how do you feel about showing up on social media? I still have a hard time with it. And, you know, I hear how other people have a hard time with it or why they have a hard time with it. I'm actually no different. Mm-hmm. I'm of the thinking that I'm not living this glamorous life every day. Mm-hmm. Like today, for example, is a podcast day, right? Yeah. Like I have back-to-back podcast episodes or uh, to interview, whether I'm on somebody else's or I'm recording for my show. And then I go to my trainer later this afternoon. It's like <laughs> nothing really exciting about it, you know? So I fall into that. I'm like, well, no one really cares about this or it's not super like, Ooh, that's really cool. You know? And so I, I fall into that. Okay. And so because of that, I don't share. And when I do share different stuff, I still think that like, what does anybody like, who cares about this? You know what I mean? Like who cares that I'm going house shopping? Like we're house shopping right now. Oh, I totally care about that. I love behind the scenes. (laughs) See, this is where I'm like, are you nuts? Rick, because we do care about those things. And what I love about social media from my perspective is that we are all so similar 
We are also similar in assuming that nobody else thinks that what we do is interesting. And maybe it's the day-to-day sharing behind the scenes that people kind of resonate with the most. Yeah. That, yeah, I'm a business owner. I'm a new dad. I'm looking for a house. I do like to work out because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm sitting on my butt behind my laptop working eight hours straight. How does Rick you know, create the time for self-care. And a lot of us have struggled with not letting that go because we are workaholics and we're passionate about what we do. So for me, I was like, I love it because it's, I post when I'm on my Peloton because people are like, okay, let me get off my butt and do something too. And it's the stuff that I do day to day. It's accountability for me. It's a little sneak peek into my life. And I think we assume we're so boring, but we're not here to be actors and entertain people. There is so much value in sharing what it is that we do. I think that that, like what you just said there kind of nails it. And I think that one thing that I don't feel like I'm very good at is figuring out the strategy behind it. And I don't mean to, I don't mean it to say like, Oh, there's a reason why I'm doing this, or I have to have a reason why I'm posting such and such, whatever I'm doing. It's how are you strategically using the content that you're putting out? Meaning like, is there, is there a reason for it? Like you just said, it allows people to connect with you on a different level. Like, Oh, like I struggle with, you know, self-care. Like, and for me personally, that is something that has fallen by the wayside since Maya came, like, again, going back to the juggling everything, like, you know, so I used to work out like five or six days a week. I'm down to, if I do three to four, like that's really good. But that's, it's that type of thing where my brain doesn't necessarily equate to, Oh, somebody else is struggling, could be struggling with this as well. I'm going to show, you know, how I'm doing it. I think it also goes to though, (laughs) how I view myself. Uh Uh-huh. I, I just look at myself. I'm just a regular guy, right? Like I am, I, every single day, I am so thankful to be able to help people and teach people like teaching is what I love to do. It's my gift. And I don't know where it came from, like growing up or whatever, it just sort of started happening since I started my own business. But I just look at myself as a regular guy and it's like, you know, I, I kind of go to, it kind of goes, and this sounds so corny as I'm saying it out loud. I'm like, it goes back to like, why would, like, why would somebody care what Rick Mulroney's doing when it comes to, you know, whatever, like behind the scenes of like, all right, I'm podcasting, you know, I just, but I, I have people tell me all the time that they want to see that stuff. I think it's just a mental thing for me that like, I've had a hard time, you know, getting over that. Yeah. You know, I'm I, always flattered when it like, like, sorry, when I'm, I'm at like, conference and stuff and people take pictures with me. I'm like, they're like, can I take a picture? I'm like, sure. Like, but I'm, I'm just like, I'm just me. You know, I'm always like super grateful and flattered, but the other side of me just goes, it's just you, Rick. (laughs) It's just, you know, that's, I don't know. I don't, it's hard to describe for me. Totally. I have observed. I mean, I think that's one of my gifts is I'm a really great observer Hmm. and something that I've noticed about some of the most highly successful people it's not just being humble, which is a fantastic thing because the people who have the giant egos were like, okay, simmer down. (laughs) You need to simmer down. But it's the people who are doing great things that are changing lives, making real impact, that they often don't fully see the greatness because of who they are. 
not just yeah, what yeah. they teach and how they teach, but who they are. So I cannot encourage you enough, which is why I'm here as sort of your bossy friend yeah. to share more of that because that's what I personally love. And I would love to know from your followers, like DM Rick and you know, tell you specifically what it is that you love. And there's a lot of people that do exactly what we do. Yep. And I truly believe that the more we share, the more impact and the more this is why I do what I do. And this is why I want to encourage you to do more of it. It humanizes our brand. Yeah. Instead yeah. of being like this figurehead or this, God, I hate the word influencer. I just wrote an email to my list saying influencers are dead. We have influence over people in a positive way if we choose to do it that way. But gone are the days slowly, quick, I mean, not slowly, quickly dying that people who label themselves as influencers or go into this online marketing space to be an influencer, which makes me just want to like die laughing. It's yeah. the craziest yeah. thing. Nothing could be more ego driven. And I find people like you who are quote unquote have made it or at mm -hmm. the top, they have yeah. so much humility almost to the point that it's detrimental to their, I, and I think, greatness. I think that that is, I, you put it really well. I think I have fallen into that where I think it does hurt me. A little bit and they're, they're, meaning that there's more opportunity there to do more of that. Yeah. I sat, I sat in a room with, and I know you talked to them. I sat in a room with my, my accelerator mastermind members from the first half of this year. And we were sitting in during one of the retreats, you know, they were telling me why they were liking the program so much, like what they were getting out of it, what they, cause they had asked me like about the behind the scenes of my business and I was breaking it down for them. Mm -hmm. And at that time I was going through, some big changes in the business and I wasn't, and as I have recently too, but I was questioning, frankly, whether I was going to do the mastermind again. And obviously I did. And it's the best decision I've made probably in the business to be, to do it. But they were like, what we love about you is that you're not a bro marketer. And mm -hmm. I was like, you're not, I'm not a what? Cause I, I hadn't <laughs> heard the term before. And they're like, you're not a bro marketer. Like they're, you're, you're just you, you're a genuine down to earth person and you've done all the stuff and built the type of business that we want to build. Yeah. And so that's why, you know, we, you know, you're not posing in front of Lambos and private jets and stuff and nothing against that, but that's cause that's, you know, that's just not me, but that's what they liked about it. And I think that I took that to heart to a point yeah. because of what I decided to do with the accelerator, where I did it again for this, what we're in right now, filled the program. And I've also added another one to start October 1st in addition to next year. But not only did it affected that in a very good way, but I don't think it translated over into the social media part and how I show up there. That makes right. sense. Absolutely. Because yeah, I got to speak in your group earlier this year and uh, a lot of them messaged me with questions and insights <laughs> that I was probing to get. Mm -hmm. And they do get to see a different side of you that people who are not in your coaching groups or maybe only in your, your ads courses, they don't get to see that side of you. And that's yeah. the side that I got to see as we were, you know, developing our friendship when we were in the mastermind. So yeah. it's the perfect segue. Thank you so much for handing this over to me, <laughs> but I really want to talk about your business evolution because yeah. one of the big misnomers that I see out there, one of the myths I see, especially on social media from those people who are the bro marketers, what do you mm -hmm. call a chick bro mar marketer? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but you know, like the people who show up and only show the very 
filtered the very curated social media posts and everything is always unicorns and butterflies and they're all of a sudden making five million dollars and you know they're not stressing out and you always see them on some yeah. traveling somewhere and i'm sure there's people like that but i personally don't know any that in reality, that is what their business looks like. There's a lot behind the scenes. And so when someone's starting or they're, you know, they're really struggling to get from that first 50,000 to six figures or whatever their big milestone goals are, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of disservice happening in the online marketing space because we do only show up when we have the pretty packaged outcome versus sharing more of what's happening in the messy middle. So how long have you been in the online space. Cause we all know that you started as, you know, your experience corporate world, corporate world with yeah. big, big brands. Yeah. Uh, January, 2014. So five, little over five and a half years. Wow. So let's yeah. talk about what your first year looked yeah. like. Well, the first year prior. So I left the corporate world in uh, September 30th, 2012. Not that it you was, remember the exact date or anything. Not that I remember what that, that was a Friday. <laughs> um, and they actually asked me to stay on a, another quarter because wow. I was one of the top salespeople. And they were like, please don't leave yet. <laughs> stay on. And I was like, eh, whatever. Okay. I thought I knew what I was like. I was like, oh, I'm going to go be an online entrepreneur. I'm going to go be, have an online business. I had no idea what that was. You know, I was at that, <laughs> at that point I was running ads for some friends who had online businesses wildly unsuccessful thought about giving up on ads because I'm like, I can't make this work. How am I going to be teaching this stuff? And I fumbled around for a good 15 months, but did you know that you wanted to teach ads at that point? Yeah, actually I, well, I shouldn't say that. So I went through sort of a, in from 2010 to the end of 2012. Yes. I knew I was like, that's what, that's, what's going to be, you know, my out of corporate world, if you will, to teach ads. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do just ads. I want to do more like social media and talk about what the big brands are doing because that was my background. So that's when I started my, my very first podcast called inside social media but I wasn't making any money because I wasn't selling anything at that point. Right. And then, and you know, and then in finally in January of 2014, that's when I went all in on ads and I was like, all right, I'm going to create a course. I did my first webinar in January, 2014. And I, I did $30,000 in 45 days. And I was like, Oh, this is what's possible. Yeah. And this is what I can do with this. And so I don't really, I mean, we're talking about stuff that no one, I don't really talk about. So (laughs) let's keep it going here. Yeah. I I had a really hard time and I mean, I've had a hard time off and on for the past five and a half years of being just quote unquote, the Facebook ads guy. What? I had a hard time with that at first. I didn't, I mean, back then in, in 2014, I was like, Amy Porterfield's teaching ads, Mari Smith's teaching ads, you know, they, they literally wrote the book. Like yeah. Facebook marketing for dummies. I'm like, no one knows who I am. I didn't have a list. I didn't have a brand. I didn't have a platform. I was like, who am I to be doing this? But I knew online advertising. I'd been doing it for 12 and a half years at that point for with big brands. So I know wow. that I knew it, but I had this, like I had to get over myself basically. Major that, imposter syndrome. hundred percent. And it was, then it was like, who am I not to be doing it? Right. Yeah. Even, I mean, over the years though, I've, I've always been like, 
there's always been that I just don't love being tied to just one platform. Yeah. You know? And I, and I, I'll, I'll group Instagram into that, you know, in the past few years, I always had a little bit of, of problem with that, but obviously it didn't keep me from, you know, from going all in on it because yeah. the, it's allowed me to be super successful in the business and I can teach it to anybody. Like I know this stuff like the back of my hand. It's just what I've, I've been doing this online advertising now for over 19, over 19 years. It's crazy for me to say it out loud. So I, I just know this world. It comes very easy to me. Right. And I, I think that combined with my gift of being able to take complex topics and break it down and teach it mm -hmm. like, that's where I'm like, I have zero problem in, in being able to do that. Absolutely. And that's what we got to know you from. And I think in the beginning, there is that initial period of figuring out what it is that I totally. should yeah. even be like, what am I offering? How, what am I going to sell? What yep. am I going to coach people on? Mm -hmm. And the crazy thing is as the great observer mm -hmm. that I am, I've noticed with most people, we are so quick to dismiss all the things and the experiences and the resume and the clients that yeah. got to where we are today. Totally. Feel like we have to create something from scratch. I don't believe any of us are starting from scratch. Are you kidding me? I took yep. all the experience that I had that seemed, I did the same thing. I was like, who am I to be in this online space? I'm starting from day one with zero. No, I had 15 years of experience working on television and production sets and films. Yeah. And, and, I, and then I figured out, oh my gosh, it was literally so dang close to me that I didn't see it. It was on the tip of my nose. And we often end up rediscovering and tweaking what we've been doing all along, finding the parts that we love, and then creating that business starting from there. And yeah, because exactly. you did that, you went so horizontal, so wide. And now it's been a little over five years. Mm -hmm. And there's been this evolution. And the great thing is that when you guys decide to pick something, pick one thing. Yeah. And become exactly. the master at it. Mastery takes time and consistency. Yeah. I, and I say that, that I didn't love being like going all in on one platform, but at the same time, I wouldn't change anything. Yeah. Right. And so change going, how you started, but now you can change. Well, yeah. So I want to, we'll, we'll talk about that, but yeah. going back to that first year, I mean, zero, we did 110,000 the first year. And so wow. zero, zero to six figures in, in the first year. And then in year two, we quadrupled that year three. Um, doubled that. And then year four, we did hit seven figures. Wow. And, and I don't say that to, to brag or anything. I'm just giving some background here. So what that first year was like, was just figuring it out. Yeah. I mean, heck I'm still figuring it out. Like we're always yeah, figuring stuff out. Right. Are. That first year was just like learning the whole online space. Like, Oh, I need an order form. <laughs> <laughs> like, like all that stuff. And like, how do I hook this all up? And, uh -huh. you know, I tried hiring VAs and that was a miserable, just did not work. You know, miserable yeah. Because I didn't know, like, I was like, I want a team. I keep hearing about like people have a team. You're, you're cool if you have a team. And then so yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to hire Filipino VAs. And like, I knew nothing. I knew, I just did not know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And so I, that was just kind of the first year, just like figuring it all out. But at the same time, I was like, holy cow, this is working, right? Yeah. So I, I launched my program, FB Advantage, at that time. I want to say three times that year, I think. It was like three times. And it was really successful. Like, we had a good, good year. Okay, so how the heck did you build your audience to even have the people? Facebook ads. 
So, so you, you walk the talk. Do you also know Amy Porterfield or other people, industry people? Did they yes. you have affiliates? Yeah. So I coached with James Wedmore starting basically when things started to take off. Yeah. I, I had James as a coach. And one thing that he, um, I mean, one of the many things that he did for me was he introduced me to a lot of people. Okay. Yeah. Now, now before that, when I was still in the corporate world, I was coming down to San Diego. For, I used to live in LA. I was coming down to San Diego as part of my territory. So I was selling, right? And so I had reached out to Pat Flynn. I'd mm-hmm. reached out to Amy Porterfield. And if you reached out to them, they made <laughs> their coffee with you. <laughs> yeah. And the, I just started relationships with them yeah. at this point seven years ago. And wow. so that started to help. And like I would say that's one of the best things that I've done in the business is to you know, just become friends with a lot of people without any kind of ulterior motive, Right. you know, just be friends. Yeah, exactly. Like, Oh, I, you know, I want to make friends with this person because I, I want them to promote me to their whatever. Because of what they can do for you. Exactly. And I, you know, I, I reached out just completely to, I love what you're doing. I think that you're adding so much value. I'd just love to get to know you. Yeah. And you know, that started. So that was helpful. Uh-huh. And then, you know, James introduced me to some people. I don't remember exactly who, but it was starting to meet people. Yeah. But then it was ads. Like I built the business. So I did. Yes. I started AOPT in, when was that? 2015. So uh-huh. there was like, it was a gap. Like there was a good year and a half. I think it was something like that from when I really got going in January, 2014 to when the podcast started. So it wasn't like, I mean, th- the, the podcast added like rocket fuel to the growth because yeah. it took right off. Um, yeah, you, everyone definitely needs one content driver 100%. where you're, you know, yep. for me, it's Facebook live. It always was live video. Mm-hmm podcasting starting to look very tempting, but I'm, I'm staying the course because yeah. there's still so much potential with live video. And I've been doing that nonstop for four years since I've yeah. started, but getting that borrowed instant credibility, the borrowed expertise, when you do it the right way, like don't all of a sudden DM people and go, this is what I do. I'm fantastic. How can you help me and promote me to your audience? There's got to be reciprocity. There's got to be that. See, you humanized your brand (laughs) with the people that you reached out to. I did. And that's the right way to do it because we all get those DMs from people that are like, I'll buy you coffee. Can I pick your brain? And I was like, no, this brain is really valuable. I've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars into this brain (laughs) more than a $6 cup of coffee. Cause I don't like cheap coffee. So, and I know you get that, but it is still not worth the cheap (laughs) coffee. So I think approaching the right people coming from a place of service, just like we would with our audience for sure do some research on people. I, I get those generic emails that are obviously a cut and paste. We love what you're doing on social media, insert first name here. <laughs> and I, re- I was like, oh gosh. I get a lot of um, podcast guest requests yeah. where somebody's reaching out on behalf of some, uh, behalf of yes. a person and they get my, they, they call me like, Tim. <laughs> They're like, I'm like, really? Like you can't even get the name right that you're emailing. Yeah. It's like delete immediately. I know. And by the way, I think a lot of people who are newer get somebody else or supposedly somebody else is reaching out on their behalf to yeah. make them look like it, it doesn't make you look like a big shot. Like just show who you are as a human, what value you're going to bring to their audience, do a little bit of research, have some specificity to show that you did the research. 
you will stand out from the other 99% that will never bother taking the time to do that. So I'd love to talk about what really fuels Rick James. (laughs) Yes. Your passions and the thing that you're, you're seeing your business because I, because I've been a a guest speaker in your coaching group Mm -hmm. a couple of times now, I've been able to see the impact that you make to that group. I know that you've sold thousands and thousands of your various Facebook ads courses and Facebook manager courses. Mm-hmm. But I see this other side of you. Yes, we know you as the go-to expert in our entire global marketing space when it comes to ads. And that's not going away. It's not Correct. one or the other. Yeah, It's an addition to, and you did the thing for the past four or five years going super wide and horizontal in your business. I've done the same thing. I have one program, one program that goes into a back end only membership. And I think not, I think I know that's why I've had sustainability mm-hmm. and I've been able to grow and learn about the other things that I didn't know I had in me. I was a makeup artist and a wardrobe stylist and did set design. I didn't know that I freaking love strategy. I can talk launch maps, all those yeah, like, exactly. out on things like that. And you as a business coach, what has that done for what's possible for your business, where yeah. you're headed and how you're impacting your students? That's the evolution that's gone on this year. And you know, you mentioned the evolution as far as in all aspects of life for me, you know, um, somebody told me recently where they're like, you've evolved as a person and your business has evolved too. And so, you know, I've been with my wife, Amy, for, <laughs> I get this right now, like <laughs> over nine years. Uh-huh. And so I went from obviously being single to in a relationship with her to be engaged. We got married. Now we have a kid. And so I'm a dad now. And so yeah. it evolved over the past several years. And well, the business has done the same thing where that first year it was FB advantage, you know, and we did really, really well. And then the next year I introduced my local program that I used to have. And because, and that was a a result of people saying like, oh my God, you like, you're missing, you're leaving so much on the table by not serving local businesses. And I was like, oh yeah, sure. Like, you're right. Like, so I did it, you know, and then, you know, uh, it evolved. And like you just said, like I had multiple courses, multiple, I had membership program, a coaching pro. I was just like, cause I fell into that trap of, like more is better. Yeah. And in order for me to grow revenue, I have to have more stuff like, which couldn't be further from the truth. And I was, frankly, I was miserable because I was jumping from one thing to the next. And I had to have four different conversations of who I was serving. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I love, and I'm super grateful for all the people that I was able to help through those programs, but it just became too much. And so the business, you know, have, has evolved. And then last year I started to cut down on the programs that I had and was offering and just uh, begin to simplify because again, I was like, I'm having, I have to have this conversation to speak to this audience and this conversation to speak to this audience and, and so on. And then this year in 2018, I've done it again, meaning I've simplified down even more. Yeah. I remember having this conversation with you and seeing initially when I first got into the mastermind, you had a lot of products. Yeah. And And I remember you seemed really burnt out and not that happy. Yeah. And it really affected me. I remember in, I think it was the New York mastermind retreat that we were at. I got up in front of the room and I was like, I have all these programs and stuff. I need to simplify. I need to start cutting down. And you know, 
that was, that was really hard for me. Yeah. And it's taken me a while to really take to heart what I preach now, as far as simplicity and less is more. And so this year has been the biggest pivot in the bit. I don't even want to call it a pivot because it's really not a pivot because I talk about it here on the show when I'm, when I'm talking about the accelerator mastermind and I talk about what you mentioned earlier, Tiffany, where I've been, I'm known as the ads guy. Right. Mm -hmm. And, but what I finally saw was that teaching ads in a vacuum, if you will, I'm doing a disservice to my students because ads are just one aspect. They're just one piece of the, of the business puzzle. Are they in my book? Are they the foundation? Yes, I do think so. That's how I built my business. You asked me like, how did you grow your list? Well, I through ads yeah. and you know, and it's been very successful, but once you start getting traction with your ads, you're getting leads and sales and your business grows. There's a whole lot of other stuff that you need in order to have a sustainable business that you can grow to whatever you want it to be so that you can have the kind of impact that you want. Meaning Absolutely. mindset and positioning and how do you transition to becoming a CEO of your business? Meaning like, like the, the, the operator or the doer of your daily stuff to kind of taking a step back and having people help you with that. That is a transition that like, frankly, I'm still going through. Right. And I've learned a ton along, but it's all that stuff in addition to the ads that has really I, I, like changed the happiness level for me. It fires I, you up. I could hear it. I could I, see I, it. I do, like I love teaching everything. And I think that's one thing that separates that, that separates me, frankly, yeah. is that, and I hear my mastermind members tell me all the time is that like, they're like, we're here not only because we really like you as a person and how you coach and all that stuff, but you're a one-stop shop is what they say yeah. is like, I don't have to go to you for ads and go to this person for that. And this person to that, like I get it all here. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while to be okay with that and to really say, you know what, this is lighting me up. And I kind of, you know, you talk about being known as the ads guy. Well, I'm kind of transitioning a little bit. It's not going anywhere. The ads right. aren't going anywhere. I'm still going to be teaching, but you need the other stuff yeah. that we just talked about. And that's, like I said, I can teach ads to anybody. What the other stuff is, is so important, like we just talked about. And I love teaching that stuff. And I think that I was afraid to allow myself to go all in on that, frankly, and because I had this such an identity tied up with the ads that I felt like, well, if I'm not talking about ads every single time that people aren't going to, you know, and I, I struggle with that, frankly, this year, yeah. but I know, and I can see like, I mean, at the time of recording this, the second half mastermind is we're a month in. And like I said, I'm starting another one in October. I've had, th- so we have, I have 15 people. We fi- I filled, it's only 15 people. I filled only it's 15 people <laughs> filled it up. Three of the 15 paid for the mastermind in the first 30 days. Like, and to see their face on how that changed their life. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. We're as in the revenue that they made in their business. Yeah, exactly. And what Within that allows. Days. Yeah. yeah. And what that allows for them and the confidence that gives them and all that stuff are ads involved in what they're doing a hundred percent. And I can, I can correct that for them. Like whatever they're doing, I can help them. But it's also mindset is like, is number one. 
you know, but it's all the other stuff too, that I just love diving into. And so what I've gone to this year is there's my foundations ads program. So that's Facebook and Instagram ads. That is learning the basics of ads enough to create your campaigns. that are going to succeed. So you're going to create that. And then, you know, we've had a monthly group coaching program for the next level. Once they get through foundations, a group coaching program for that in answering questions and a little bit more advanced stuff. And then there's my, my mastermind where now you get into the ads plus all the stuff that we're talking about. I was frankly afraid of doing that yeah. because it's, you know, of like, again, lessening the offers, number one. Mm-hmm. And then number two, I mean, I'm being honest here. I had some confidence issues with that where no, no one's going to want to do this because I'm known as the ads guy, but yet this is not an ads mastermind. Are we teaching ads? Yes. Like I will dive into your ads manager with you, but there is a whole bunch of other stuff. Like you've been a guest in there and you were talking about how to show up on camera and like the confidence and how to do all that stuff. Right. Well, is there an, or can there be an ads aspect? Yes. Totally. But but it wasn't, you know, an ads specific conversation. Right. Right. And so anyway, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of absolutely makes sense. And I hope that, you know, depending on your listeners, where they are in their business, this is very similar to the path that I've taken. And when we reflect back, number one, we don't give ourselves enough credit for not just surviving this long, but truly thriving, even though our crazy monkey minds, our brains will hold on to all the failures. Yeah, for sure. But had we not made those quote unquote mistakes or the best learning lessons, which now you can get your students. Now I know why I went through all that. And I hope you see why you went through all of that. Now that's how you help your students get there faster. That's why their, their revenue is exploding in the first 30 days where for us, it took three years. Right. Exactly. Right. And that's what a great coach and mentor does. Yeah. We can't make you do anything, but we can tell you the obstacles that are for sure going to come up your way and you can choose to avoid them by learning from our mistakes on what not to do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we couldn't have built our business, even though I focus on one thing, you started off focusing on ads. Yep. But to be a true business owner, it's all the other 900,000 things. Exactly. Yeah. And because we figured those things out and we're still in the thick of it, in the trenches, figuring it out. That's why our students come to us. We recently did, uh, we had our first retreat for the second half of the six month mastermind that started in July, or excuse me, in June. And for the first two hours of the first morning, I did a, I did a coaching session all about mindset and yeah. stuff like that. And I had people at the first break after that, they're like, all right, cool. I can go now. Cause that just blew my mind. And they're like, that's exactly what I needed. I'm good now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. of course they're joking, but like, as far as leaving, but they're like, that is like, I, in addition to the ad stuff, I love teaching all of these things as far as creating your online business and, mm-hmm. you know, and, the other thing too, real quick is that who I've been serving has evolved also. I've come full circle on oh, yeah. my focus is, right? So I started off five and a half years ago, focusing on online experts and I define online experts. You have a course, you've got a membership program, you know, you're, you're teaching something, mm-hmm. you're an online educator. And then I added in local businesses. I added in Facebook ads managers and such. 
And now I've come full circle because I felt like, well, I love ad managers and I can help an ad manager grow their business really fast. I know that I've done it myself. I've helped hundreds of, of ads manager do that where, and I've really actually never talked about this publicly where my challenge was, was that so many ad managers didn't want to do the work. They didn't want to do the work of getting clients. Mm. And they were just like, Rick, just like, how do I do this? It's like, I'm giving you everything that you need. Look at so-and-so over here who has followed this and look at their business as opposed to what you're doing or not doing over here. And I just frankly got like, I got tired of that. Like, look, like you need to do the work. Like this is not going to be handed to you. And I'm not saying that. And so I just, with online experts, again, going back to that's how I built my business. And then also going full circle to who I was serving first, that was what lit me up and what lights me up. And so that's why that's my audience who I'm serving. Yeah, I think it's so important, again, from observing you and so many of the people in our mastermind and mutual friends who are killing it in their business. They started with the one thing. Yep. And I talk about that a lot, but you don't have to do the one thing forever. Create a business. A lot of people are entrepreneurs. They love, it's sexy to be an entrepreneur these days. I remember growing up, we're about the same age. Mm-hmm. Being an entrepreneur meant you were broke and unemployed. (laughs) And now it's like the cool thing, right? But many people don't have any revenue to speak for their quote unquote online business and just a little bit of real talk, focusing on the one thing, establishing yourself to be known for the one thing, serve, create, develop, and hone in on your teaching skills, your coaching skills, your speaking skills. And then I see people start to go a little bit wider with their niche, but only then. Yeah, they can exactly. appeal to a bigger audience because now we have the systems and the tools and the teams. I'm not quite there yet, but that's mm-hmm. my next goal is to start mm-hmm. growing. But I've been able to create a really lean business. But at the same time where that used to be something that people would say, wow, you're really great at that. Now it's, that's my big turning point. If I want to continue thriving and not just surviving. That's, so, that's one thing that I'm glad you bring that up. That's one thing that, you know, people talk about growing a big team mm-hmm. and that that sort of equals success. Uh, I thought that for a long time. Yeah. Right? I have a very small team mm-hmm. and that's what I want. I wanted for a long time for the first few years, I wanted a big team because yeah. I equated that to being successful or having successful yeah. business. Being a real is, business. <laughs> totally. And that is one thing that has completely changed. I mean, talking about this year in 2019, that has changed this year. Yeah. Um, you know, going back to, I, I have a daughter now and I don't want a big team. You know, I'm actually hiring right now a couple of roles, but I want to keep it small. I want to be really agile, right? Yeah. You know, having a big team and all that stuff is just not something that's super important to me. Like I want to be able to drop and go on a trip or whatever with Maya and Amy and, or what, you know, that, that sort of thing. So that's one thing that has evolved also where I had to let, you know, the ego part of it out, you know, drop that. And I'm like, you know what? I want to create, this is what I want to create. And it's about profit, right? Everyone throws around numbers and gross numbers and all that stuff. Entrepreneur math. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But it's really about profit, right? Yeah. And so anyway, like, I just want to say that because a lot of people that I talk to, they think they have to have a big team when, well, okay, well, that if you want that, great. If you don't, that's okay too. And it means nothing about you regardless of 
whether you have a big team or, not, or, or no team or whatever, or a small team. Yeah. I think it's more about like having the right key players and people totally. who are, who totally have the same vision for what's possible for the business and not just, it's less about me being the personal brand and the face of it, but more about our vision for the business and the yeah. business isn't just me, yep. which really helps me to take the ego, not so much the ego with you and I, it's more of the confidence of who's showing up and how we're showing up. Yep. And I have to say, one of the biggest things that I've had to do as far as my inner work is my sense of worthiness. Mm-hmm. It's like the next step of, you know, first it started off as who the heck am I to be doing this? Yep. And now is it's a matter of am I worthy to be doing this? Am I worthy to charge what I'm worth? And so we all go through this stuff. We just don't talk about it. So I can't thank you enough for showing up the way that you have on this. I have just a few fun lightning round questions, but before I get to that, I had two questions, actually three from a couple of your students in your program. The first one is from Alvaro. Yep. Okay. He asked, and I have no idea what this means. Why are you a Capitals fan when you're from New Hampshire? Yeah. So I it's grew a hockey up a, thing, right? It, it is a hockey thing. <laughs> I grew up a Boston Bruins fan. I was like, just a hockey was one of the sports I loved. I used to play hockey growing up and just on the ponds and stuff like that. And then I interned for the Washington Capitals my senior year in college. Okay. I was their PR intern. Oh, wow. And so I was, you know, I had sort of a, I I still had the allegiance to the Bruins, but then here I am interning for the Capitals. And then I left when I graduated. And then about a year and a half after I graduated, I got hired back by the, by the Capitals in the general manager's office. And they, they call it the hockey operations group. And I was the scouting coordinator. So I was the liaison between the team's scouting staff and the general manager. No way. And it was like my dream job ever. <laughs> it was amazing. I hung out with the team and I, yeah. you know, I traveled with them a little bit and it was just amazing. So I was with the team from 96 to 2000. Yeah. And I am a diehard Capitals fan ever since. I love it. What made you yeah. leave the company in 2000? Good question. So... My dad passed away in 97 mm-hmm. and, you know, I was still young. I was 25 years old and a new general manager had come in. So the, the guy that hired me got fired mm. and he is now the GM in Nashville for the Nashville Predators. And they wanted to bring, they asked, they invited me to come with them to Nashville but my dad had just died. I didn't know anybody in Nashville and I just didn't want to, I had, you know, I had all my friends in DC and I just wasn't ready for that. And so the new general manager came in. He is now the general manager of the Vegas golden Knights. He came from Vancouver at the time and he brought, so my, the next step for me at that point, as far as positions goes, would have been the assistant general manager, but he brought the new GM brought my equivalent Mm-hmm. with him from okay. Vancouver to be the assistant GM. And yeah. so the writing was on the wall. Yeah. And so after a while, a couple of years, I was like, all right, I'm done. You know, I really don't want to, you know, and at the time, one of the early founders of AOL bought the capitals. And so I got to know him and his staff. And that was how my, that was my introduction into AOL. And that's how I got my job at AOL. Wow. I never knew that about you. Yeah. 
I so love I'm a, that. I'm a diehard Capitals fan. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Okay. So one of your other accelerator, uh, accelerator group coaching members, Leah, she mm-hmm. asked, how can you have such eclectic taste in your music? You like Metallica <laughs> and country? Yeah. Yes. What? I don't know where the country thing came from because my dad used to listen to country growing up when I was growing up and I hated it (laughs) and I have no idea where it came from, but it's like, I love it now. Yeah. And, but it all depends on my mood. Like whether it's, you know, I thrash out, like I'll thrash out to super thrashy music. Uh Like, you know, give me some, you know, yes, Metallica, but just, but give me some like, um, who am I thinking of like Pantera or whatever. Game on. Like, I love it. But if I'm not in the mood for it, it's country or it's classical or whatever. I just, it's kind of all over the place. Yeah. I get that. I listen to Eminem and Chopin. (laughs) That's my copywriting music. It's one or the other, like whichever feisty or chill mood I'm in. Totally. Seriously, is Eminem or Chopin is my favorite. (laughs) Uh, Leah also asked, what does it mean to get mole readied? I'm dying to know. (laughs) (laughs) So, to be mole readied. So yes, the, my mastermind group from the first half of this year made this up. And it was during that same retreat that I was referencing earlier, where I got really authentic with them as far as my business and all that stuff. And I was feeling so mole readied is when you ask a question and I don't give you the exact answer that you want. Mm -hmm. Meaning I'm not going to tell you the answer because I'm doing you a disservice if I just tell you the answer to the question that you're asking. Right. And so what I do is I'll ask, you know, questions back to them so that they figure it out themselves. And so nine times out of 10, sometimes they'll just be like, all right, I get it, but I just need the answer right now and we'll move (laughs) forward. But usually what happens is, is like through the questions back to them, the light bulb goes off and they're like, Oh, I get it. I didn't even think about it like that. Cool. And like, they just light up and they just like, Holy cow, what just happened to me? And they realized that they just answered their own question mm-hmm. based on coaching from me. So they nicknamed it being mole readied. I love that. And that is truly what a great, a true coach does. Because if we spoon fed them the answers, they would number one, never figure it out for themselves. Number two, yep. they already had the answer within them. Yeah. They just needed the right questions to figure it out themselves. And, and, and the confidence. The confidence, absolutely. And number three, we're not creating a codependent relationship. Yeah. I where you can't figure things out. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing a disservice if I just tell you the yeah. answer. And I know what that's like, right? Like I've, you know, hey, I'm no different. Like just tell me the answer. But I right. know that if someone wants to know, like Rick, like what do you think about this? Well, I'll go back and forth with them and, and find out the true meaning about why they're asking that question mm-hmm. and we'll get to the bottom of it, but it's probably not going to be the way that they thought we're going to get there. Yeah. Plus they named it <laughs> being more ready. It's the question underneath exactly. the question, the yeah. real question. I love that. Okay. So let's end this with the quick lightning round of cool. the most random questions. All right. Love I it. find them fascinating. And by the way, every single one of these things could be an Instagram story, my friend, Rick James. So favorite food, favorite food. I love pizza. I love you're yeah. gluten-free like me though. Right. There's the best gluten-free pizza here in San Diego. We, tried we I've, need to I've hang tried, out and go. I I've don't need it anymore. All over the country. I've tried New York. <laughs> I've tried everywhere I go to try gluten. Like I almost don't want to do it anymore because I know I'm not going to beat this place. It's just freaking amazing. So okay. I do love you pizza. I also me. love steak. 
You also love steak. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I rarely eat pizza because most gluten-free pizza is not worth it. It's just terrible. Yeah. And I'm also like, not to be TMI, but my gut's all messed up right now. So I haven't okay. been eating cheese and all that stuff. Oh, I don't, I eat cheeseless pizza. Oh my gosh. We I don't know if I can do that. Oh no, I cannot stand cheese. I, it's basically crust with vegetables and toppings. Mm, <laughs> no cheese and sauce. <laughs> um, what's your favorite movie? Heat. Oh, really? Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. Yeah, it's the first it's one they were together. The first movie I ever went to by myself. Really? <laughs> I remember exactly. I remember the day exactly. 1995. Yep. Wow. Okay, you're like my you're husband, where for, you re- you remember dates. Like he has a gift for that. It's yeah. Me. Yeah. I um, remember phone numbers from my from my childhood as well. Do you remember your college or your high school locker? I knew you were going to, I know there was, a, there was a 28 and a 36. Oh now, my God. But I, don't, one of, I, know, I couldn't tell you the order. Uh, what's your favorite book, whether it's business, personal development, fiction. Um, my favorite book. Favorite business look. book. Yeah. Um, I'm turning around right now looking at, you know, I would say my favorite business book. I didn't know you're going to ask me this. So I'm not, I'm caught off guard right now. That's the point. Looking at, my, <laughs> looking at my books right here. I love, I mean, from a straight up business perspective, I loved 80-20 Sales and Marketing by Perry Marshall. Oh, I've never I read loved, that. Yeah, it's I mean, it's super, super tactical. Okay. It, it's amazing. I um, like those nerdy things. Yeah. But I mean, the business, and I read a lot of the business books, but I mean, the mindset books and the, you know, mm-hmm. quote unquote, spiritual type books, I love probably even a little bit more. Real, we didn't even get to the whole spiritual thing. That would be for the next time. Yeah. Where's your favorite place to travel to? Paris. That's where you got engaged, right? Where I got engaged, yep. Hands See, I know way too many details because you know why? Yeah. Social media. That's why you have to share more. Love uh, Paris. <laughs> favorite way to decompress? Fly fishing. Well, let's see. Working out. I love yeah. to work out. And then I started going to Bozeman, Montana three years ago. Yeah. To go fly fishing. And the reason I did that was number one, I have a buddy up in Bozeman who let me stay there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I've actually gotten to know his friends up there and just an amazing community of people up there. But before when I was always, I grew up fishing with my dad and my dad always told me that once you catch a fish on a fly rod, you will never want to fish any other way. Yeah. That was always something that he wanted to do with me. And we never got to do that before he died. And so I never, just never did it. Like I never, and then finally I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to do it. And I went up to Bozeman again, three years ago, did like a three day weekend up there, stayed with my buddy, went, you know, I was like, holy cow, this is amazing. So it's just beautiful. You know, I'm fortunate enough. I can hire a guide. And I mean, literally like the first, like he just tells you what to do. Like you just the rod in your hand, like you do nothing and you put it out there and he tells you exactly what to do, where to put it. And so I've gotten much better because I've gone up there for the past three years, multiple times a year. Yeah. That's something that's new this year as I haven't been up yet. I'm going in October, but anyway, yeah, I love to go up to, to Bozeman, Montana. Your dad's with you when you go. hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Love that. Netflix at home or go to the movies. Mm, I love going to the movies. You do? You're totally. so similar to my husband. I can't stand it. <laughs> but I, I, I love it. I love Netflix. Don't, I love yeah. Netflix. And I'd probably, I'd rather do that, but I love going to the movies. Now, yeah. I will tell you this one thing. I'm a super snob when I go to the movies. I don't want talking. I don't want people clapping in the movies. I don't want people... <laughs> <laughs> rooting characters. I don't know. It just drives me crazy. 
<laughs> and so my wife and I go to ArcLight in yeah. here. Yeah. And it's more expensive, but it's because of that. It kind of like, it kind of weeds out people who are going to do that. Yeah. Know? So I love one of the movies. I love it. Okay. But, but I'm a snob when it comes to that. Yeah. I love the, if I go, it's a few times a year. It has to be a really good movie. And I like the fancy schmancy recliner. Not too many people in your proximity. I fall asleep in, in the recliner. <laughs> the two times we've done that here in San Diego, I've fallen asleep both times. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I really get into it. I, just, I would rather have like a home theater. I would love that because I love That's... movies. I love the making of movies. I, yeah. I buy all the, you know, behind the scenes stuff of how movies are made. That yeah. fascinates me. So um, weird fact about you that most people don't know. You like everything. <laughs> um, where do I start? Um, <laughs> Weird fact about me. Uh, all right, two things real quick. Because I think this is super relevant to me because, again, this is something I've started to talk more about. Mm -hmm. My challenge with anxiety and worry. Yeah. This has been a problem for me since like seventh grade. And I used to, I remember this, like I used to worry. And this sounds so weird when I say this out loud. I used to worry about worrying. And I'd make myself sick, like literally make myself sick. Yeah. And so... Um, that's an odd, <laughs> odd thing for people to know. The well, I think thing, a lot of us have that, especially entrepreneurs. We have a lot on our shoulders. And so I totally get that. Yeah. Mine, and mine really kicked up because I've had it uh, up and down my, yeah, my life. And mine really kicked back up again when I left the corporate world to do my own thing. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so that's one. I'd say the second thing is I am deathly afraid of heights really but i went skydiving when i was oh, at wow. aol so uh -huh. i'd say like 2002 yeah i don't know that like there was a group of people going and they asked me to go and i have no idea why i didn't wasn't like no way i said yeah i'll go i'll go with you <laughs> and i jumped out of an airplane at 13,500 feet would you do it again no i would not do it again i am super happy about <laughs> it did it once I remember like feeling so jacked up for two days after that. And it was yeah. like, I'm so glad I did it, but no, thank you. Like, I'm good. I did it. Okay. Done. Yeah. Love it. Final question. Mm -hmm. What is the legacy that you want to leave behind many, 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 many years from now for your baby girl, Maya, when she's not so much a baby anymore? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get emotional because I've been thinking a lot about this lately, especially this year, the past six months. And you know, when I think about legacy before Maya, I wasn't even th obviously thinking about how I want to look at, uh, you know, what the legacy looks like for my kid because I didn't have a kid yet. Right. But so it's kind of changed. And, you know, what I want her to know, and I get all emotional about it, is that dad like did things the right way. You know, mm -hmm. he was, he built his life in a way that, was loving and helping and helping other people. And he was always there for me. I'm, I'm talking about Maya, like yes. that I was always there for her and just did it in such a way that for all the right reasons, you know, of, you know, loving other people and friendships and community and just doing things for the right reasons. Meaning like I want to help other people live their best life. And I want her to, to see that. And so yeah, I thought a lot about that. And that's kind of where I'm at with that right now. I love it. Oh, so good. Thank you so much for allowing me to be super nosy and be Asian Oprah. <laughs> 
I hope that was okay. Like, I I loved it. I, I love this. You guys have to let us know. I hope you guys loved this and found it helpful, not just to learn more about Rick, but of all the things that maybe you, your listeners, are going through right now that they're in the middle of it. And there's a lot of ups and downs in business. It's a roller coaster yeah. ride. You can either look at it as being a scary thing, or you can put your arms up in the air, scream really loud and have fun with it. And I think that's the key, right? Like there's recently I've been, you know, I've had some friends with health scares and old friends from high school and just like some of that stuff has come up recently for me. Mm -hmm. I've seen that and it just puts things in perspective, right? Not only having an eight month old daughter and what that means, but it just like life is, life is short. You know, I said to my mastermind group yesterday, we had a, we had one of our calls and I said, you know what guys, like, we get to do this. Like, yes, you're creating whatever it is that you want to create. It's Monday at 12 o'clock Pacific time. And we're on a call right now talking about the different things that you can be doing to, to build your business and help other people like pretty cool. Right. Yeah. It's so, a gift. So just don't forget that. And like your point about having fun with all this, like exactly. That's what this is all about. And so yeah. we're you know, so thankful to be able to do it. I love that poem it's quoted on instagram a lot from mary oliver which by the way is a great inspirational poetry book if i'm not even into poetry but it's that saying what do you plan on doing with this one precious life yeah and it goes by so fast because i keep forgetting i'm not 25 anymore i don't know how that happened but you know like time goes by so fast and sometimes simultaneously so slow and like like, I mean, we could talk about this one topic right here for a whole episode and we didn't even get into it, which we can do next time. I'll have you back on, but that what you're talking about here, like I've reflected on this a lot, like, especially this year, past six months is that you, I grew the business so fast. It was really successful. It is really successful, but we as entrepreneurs, like you were talking about can fall into the worry and anxiety when Mm -hmm. Like when, and I, for one, can get caught up in it. Yeah. I don't stop to realize, Hey, it's, I want to stop and lay on the floor with my daughter for a few minutes. Like that's what this is all about. Right. And it's why we do what we do. And because before you know it, (laughs) like years go by and I know it's so cliche, but years go by and it's like, wait, I spent all that time worrying and Mm -hmm. I missed all that time and I didn't really embrace it. Like that's been on my mind a lot lately. So you're absolutely right. When you say like, this is fun, like make it fun. If you're not having fun, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. And I think being really present in the moment and being super grateful for what we get to do, the good stuff and not the sometimes not so much fun stuff, but things like getting to make friends with amazing people like you. I'm so grateful for you. This has been so much fun. Thanks for trusting me enough to do this and um i appreciate it this was a lot of fun and it was actually i feel really good like oh good you're like i'm glad i didn't regret this (laughs) there's there's part of me that's like i talked about a lot of stuff that i haven't talked about but at the same time it's like screw it it's time to you know like this is me and and, you know it's like take it take it or leave it (laughs) yeah well you guys the best thing that you can do is screenshot this let Rick know what you loved, what resonated with you, what made you go, oh my gosh, I'm going through that too. Let him know, tag him on Instagram and I hope to be back soon. Yeah. Thank you, Tiffany. I really appreciate it. And we'll definitely, there's a lot of stuff that we didn't even get into, which I think would be really helpful as well. So we'll definitely have you back on, but I really appreciate you coming on and your willingness to, uh, 
chat with me about this. So, yeah. Thank you. Love it. You're so welcome. All right. Hope that was helpful for you. Thank you for letting me share that stuff with you. Not that you <laughs> had any choice because I put it out there and you chose to listen to it. But regardless, thank you for listening to it. Now, you know, you could kind of hear during this conversation here, one thing that comes up for me all the time is say, you know, is like people like, Rick, aren't you just the Facebook ads guy? And this is something I hear all the time. And yes, I'm very thankful as you, as you heard today, I'm, I'm pretty well known for Facebook and Instagram ads. But the thing that's easy to overlook, again, as you heard today, is that it has taken way more than just ads for me to build the thriving seven-figure online business. It took things like building a team, positioning myself as an expert, creating and launching courses, mastering my mindset. Holy cow, that's an ongoing thing. Time management, creating membership programs, etc. And something that I've been guilty of for many years and finally, I think, became, I don't think, I know this is part of the evolution of the business is that, you know, most experts teach Facebook and Instagram ads in a vacuum, which is what I was doing. But to really create sustainable growth in your business, it takes a more holistic strategy because it's all connected, right? If you're an online expert, you're a coach, you're a course creator, you're a consultant, et cetera, and you've already achieved a certain level of success in your business, and you've reached a point in your business now that you're just spinning your wheels to get to the next level. The next level might be six figures. The next level for you might be you know, mid six figures or seven figures. You very likely, if you're at that point, do not need another course or to read more books. What you need is a cohesive growth strategy, one that combines things like mindset, you know, visibility, authority building, paid and organic traffic, having scalable offers, building a team, freeing up your time so that you're not doing all the things in your business, right? Serving and connecting to your customers, becoming the actual CEO of your business. And then on top of those things, and to help you with those things, coaching, accountability, community, and support. And so if you're at a place in your online expert business where your days are getting eaten up with busy work and you're getting to the end of your day and you're like, what did I do today? You're doing all the things in your business and you're wondering why you're staying stuck. Maybe you dream of having a team that has your back, that excels in the areas that you don't and is as committed to growing your business as you are. If you're looking for answers on Google, and like, what's the best launch strategy for whatever program or how do I increase my ROI on my ads? And you're not finding those answers. If you maybe you're subconsciously sabotaging your own success because of your mindset hasn't caught up to your reality. If you are nodding your head to any of these things right now, then I want to help you. Because in the same way that having a coach helped me grow my business seven figures, it's my turn to give that gift to others, which is exactly what I do in my six-month Accelerator Mastermind groups. So if you're ready for coaching, support, and accountability, you're an online expert, and you're ready to be taking your business to the next level. And again, that might mean six figures. That might mean mid six figures, seven figures, whatever that might be. Then I want to invite you to apply and schedule a free strategy session with me to find out if you might be a fit for my upcoming six-month accelerator mastermind. The next group starts October, October 2019, and runs until 2020. And so to fill out that application, go to rickmulready.com forward slash accelerator. Coming up on the podcast, I've got another quick tip episode coming your way where I'm going to be sharing with you how to hire a Facebook and Instagram ads manager. 
I share with you, I'm talking like this because I'm super passionate about this topic. I share with you uh, a checklist of things to be asking prospective ads managers when you are considering hiring them. Also, things that you want to be thinking about before hiring an ads manager and also where to find an ads manager. Those things are coming up in the next quick tip episode here on the show. So until then, and as always, my friends, keep testing your online marketing to find out what works for you and your business then do more of what's working. Simple as that, right? I'll see you in the next episode. Don't worry. There's more of RFP traffic coming soon. If you can't wait for more incredible digital marketing strategies, head over to rickmulready.com. We'll see you next time. Do you want to avoid the seven biggest mistakes that burn through course creators ad money? I see these over and over and over again, and I put them together in a mini email series. This is not fluff. Each of the seven mistakes, I also have a recorded video tutorial showing you inside of Facebook ad manager how to fix those mistakes. This is good, solid, and it will save you money or help you make more money with your Facebook ads click down in the show notes below. You'll see the link and you can go download it right now for free.